cliffcentral.com. All right, all right, all right. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, and good morning. Here's uh, Jack McClunter, nice and bright and early to keep us company today. How are you, Jack? I'm good, my good sir. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I can't complain. It's Tuesday morning. I did. Mm-hmm. I woke up at the nick of in in the nick of time this morning to actually get here. I don't know how, but I that grace. Um, I suddenly realized like I had to do the show from here this morning. There was no other option, so I was yeah. just running. Like my tits were on fire. Look, you made it here <laughs> somehow on time. Uh, we had a bit of a panic two nah. minutes ago, but we're in here, right? All's well that ends well. There you go. So um, just so that everybody knows, because we've started a new year, and sometimes when we start these things in the new year, people don't know what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bakabantu is not on the show anymore. He, uh, he's he, Listen, like we always do, we leave the door open. But uh, we had a conversation at the end of last year, and he's got some serious things going on in his career that he needs to pay attention to. And yeah. who knows? He might be back and uh, join us in the future, like so many other people who've uh, come and gone on the show. But we um, we wish him well. Definitely. And uh, you can't expect everybody to be here all the time, you know? That's true. That's true. Anyway, so Jack, we get uh, we the bonus of this is that we get Jack Mutlante, which is excellent because he's also going to be launching his own show shortly anyway. So it all turns out to be fortuitous, right? Exactly. Yeah, works it's, out very well. It's not too dissimilar to what you went through this morning. Yeah, and, correct. Right? <laughs> it connects somehow. So tell us about the show that you're going to be launching because it'll be part of um, what we're doing heading up to the election, and there's mm-hmm. obviously a lot of interest in political matters, which we do on a Thursday with Pumi. On a Tuesday now, we'll also be doing a lot more of that with Democracy 101, which we started last year as well. Yeah. So tell us where your show fits into this. Uh, my show we called The Middle Child Talks. Mm-hmm. And the reason we call it that is because I'm talking to a very specific group of people. So what happens, what, what does your worldview look like when you're old enough to remember what it felt like having to search through an encyclopedia, and yet you're young enough to know how to use chat GPT effectively. So we're talking to a a group of individuals that uh, watched the world transition from analog to digital, that age group. So between the, if you were born between the year 1984 and 1996, that age group right there, some current, sometimes we're called millennials. Right. I feel like we have a very unique perspective on and you guys the get world. A, you get a lot more shit than any other generation online, which is crazy. <laughs> because honestly speaking, we can speak in either direction, right? So we can speak. We yeah. we know what Riz is, yeah, so yeah. we can communicate with the younger. Dudes. I know what Riz is. There you go. But at the same time, so let's just point out for everyone older than you. Yeah, Riz is short for charisma because, there of you course. Go. You know, instead of coming up with an actual new word that could describe something we don't already have a word for, mm-hmm. just saying, we just we shorten an existing word to something that sounds cool, but actually it means the same thing as the long word. Yes, it We're does. Just, we just sound too lazy to say the full word. Yep. It's, it's like that uh, shorthand texting. Instead of typing out, what are you doing? It's W-U-D, which is like... I, f- I get freaked out when my dad, instead of sending me... OK, which is only two letters. Yep. He sends K. That is that is lazy. Right. It is like right. really lazy that. Good. I'm glad you agree with me. I, although 
I'm absolutely sure, as has happened in the past, you and I are not going to agree on everything, which is yeah, part of don't. what it's part of the fun. I it mean, is. It, it do is. I do I really want to sit here every morning with someone who just yes, yes, yes? yes. I agree. I agree. Agree. Oh, no, I'd go crazy. I don't know about you. I I would lose my mind. In fact, I enjoy conversations with people I don't get along with. Yeah. Uh, because Correct. in some shape or form, there's something that I'm going to learn there. Everyone has a particular point of view and you need to consider what comes, what basically what builds up to make that point of view. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. And you can't just negate someone's opinion simply right. because you just don't see the, this side of the story. Well, it's like this guy says, this, uh, this dude. That one we are not going to tolerate at all. At all. At all. I've said, I've said. I wonder who pissed him off. He's saying know, that like at him. all from the like, like the him. pit of his stomach. At yeah, yeah. all. At all, at, at all, at all. At all, at all. <laughs> In fact, from now on, instead of saying you're well, wrong, I'm just going to say at all. Well, there are two people who I want us to refer to quickly, both of them senior people in the, the governing party. Mm. And I thought we'd start off with your comments on these because these are two extraordinarily stupid things that happened over the last two, three days. Okay. So the first one is Tandi Mudise. I don't know what her actual job description is now because she used to be a minister, but then she became the head of the National Council of Provinces. Mm -hmm. Then she became, I don't know, one of the top six for a while. Mm -hmm. I can't really figure out where she is in the ANC now, but it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter what job they're all, they're all essentially just doing sheltered employment. That's yep. their real job. Yep. Um, they're placeholders. Correct. And that's why you can have someone who's minister of education one minute and the mm -hmm. next minute they're minister of health or minister of uh, public works because it, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like, right. uh, do you know how to do maths? Sit in that chair. There you well, go. There's your job. She is all hot and bothered about Gayton McKenzie saying he's going to patrol the borders, which first of all is funny as hell because Gayton McKenzie's got like, I don't know, eight people in his party. Right. So I don't know how he's going to patrol the borders, but this happened a while ago, and she even mentions it in this clip, which I'll play for you in a second. It happened when I think it was Afri Forum or one of them who said, listen, do you need help patrolling the borders? We'll help. Because mm -hmm. we've got this influx of people. If you don't have sovereignty as a country, you don't have a country. You don't. Right. You may as well just uh, say, all right, it's a free-for-all. Yep. Anybody wants to come in, come in. Anybody wants to go, go. We have no records. We have no control. We have no army. We have no... So why have a government? At in, all, in which I case, just... in which case, open borders becomes the best argument for anarchy. Mm -hmm. And I don't just mean like a loss of control. I mean like no need for a government. If you don't have sovereignty and your borders aren't restricted, mm -hmm. and you don't have the government administering those borders, why have a government? Why? Okay, so she's obviously very concerned about this. Mm. But I don't think it's that. I don't think she's thought about it that deeply. I think it's actually because she realizes the Patriotic Alliance, in this case, have hit on an issue which makes South Africans furious. The fact that there are lots of illegal people who don't pay taxes, who mm. don't uh, have registrations or IDs or yep. passports, uh, who are, for better or for worse, maybe they're here because they're real refugees. There are a lot of people who you could say are refugees that could Definitely. be economic refugees. Remember how that term upset people mm -hmm. when Helen Ziller used it to describe people who came to the Western Cape from the Eastern Cape? Yep. Although that's exactly what they are, is economic refugees. Uh, you know, if perhaps the phrasing 
of the term is, is is what people were mad about, but in actuality, that's what it is. Why would you move from Kabecha to Cape Town? Why? For money. Right. Nothing else. So what does that make you? There you go. And what is it when people semigrate from Johannesburg to Cape Town? It's about Econ- money. Economic refugees. Well, it is. They, they want a province that works. They want a better quality of life and they want job opportunities. The, and the fact of the matter is if you are having to move from one place to another in the country just to make a living, uh, yeah. I think it goes to show that there's a problem in the country in general. Correct. When everybody's moving in a direction, it means the place they're moving to. Mm-hmm. Remember, it's poor and rich people doing yeah. this. So yes. now it's inarguable that this is a, a, a flow. There is a a measurable migration flow. So if that's happening, the country or the continent or the place or the province or the city that people are moving to Mm. is more desirable to those It's got an actual infrastructure. What kind of people, whether they have something or they have nothing or they have lots, Mm. will leave all of that behind or sell it up or do whatever they can to get out and go somewhere else, leave their family often, their friends, yep. the networks that they their were, lives essentially, their lives. yeah, right. So, in other words, those people know in their heart of hearts they're moving to something which they think will be better. There you go. You know, nobody goes from North Korea to South Korea. Nobody's trying to cross that way. Well, it depends on uh, how your mind works. Perhaps I'm you, sorry. No one. You goes, don't have no, no, enough sorry, of a sorry, thrill no, in no your one, life. I got that wrong. No one goes from South Korea to North to Korea. North Korea. Yeah, but, but so. it depends. No. You might be a okay. nuclear enthusiast. Uh, you might be. <laughs> you want to find you'd out. Be, you'd be a pretty nut, nutty person. There you go. No one goes from Florida to Cuba. Yeah. You know what I mean? No one does that. Right. No. So to go back to Tandy Modisa, she's all hot under the collar because Gate and McKenzie and the Patriotic Alliance have said they're going to patrol the borders because the government can't. Could be hot flashes. We don't know. We Let's don't, see. Well, I think she's she's <laughs> long in the tooth. I don't think it's those. All right. Let's see. I think there are parts of her that shut down millions of years ago, but let's not get personal here. We've also had uh, to deal with uh, what we saw on social media. I see there is a party that is running around to the, the borders, especially around to the rivers of this country, saying it is apprehending people, especially from Zimbabwe, who are jumping in. The responsibility for Gada, border management, the responsibility to ensure that South Africa's lives, integrity, life in limb is intact, rests with the National Defense Force and lately with the Border Management Agency. And another aspect of it with the South African Police Services. No citizen of this country, we don't care what party they belong to, is allowed to run around mock with what looks like a machine gun. So again, as we did with the Afri Forum, when they said they would patrol these borders on our behalf, we ask people to allow those responsible for those duties to do their work. <sighs> very, very passionate argument, uh, but you can tell that she won't say the party's name. She won't even mention who it is. So mm-hmm. I had to I had to get this in context in my own head before I understood it. Hence the fact that we did such a big preamble yeah. to her speech. What yeah. do you have to say about that? Because I'll play you Gate McKenzie's I, I I think it is really telling that this is the second organization that's trying to solve mm. this problem. Step in and do government's job for it. Can us. you imagine? Like <laughs> how many times do you need to be told that you're not doing your job the right way? Like, and for you to yeah. then um, 
go against active citizenry, which is what mm-hmm. I think these guys are doing, instead of just sitting on their backside and saying, oh, no, everything's going to hell. Let's actually try to do something about it. Uh, she doesn't see the positive in that. Let's be clear here, too, because we're beating up on the ANC, which is an easy thing to do now. It wasn't so easy to do 10, 15 years ago. Really? Well, it wasn't. I was doing it, but very few other people were because oh, people okay. were not... Uh, they were not willing to criticize the ANC. In fact, you'll still find corporate South Africa is unwilling. Mm, that's true. Bunch that of is true. spineless, craven losers. <laughs> but they, they have their fingers in the same money pot. Well, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, but Gaten McKenzie, let's just be fair, um, Gaten McKenzie does not represent a huge number of people in this country. He also, it's unclear whether or not he really means this political thing or whether he's just a gangster looking for another place to do his work. Perhaps. I, we don't know. But, yeah. but as you say, an active citizen should be welcomed. Let's not shoot down any good intentions here. Like, no. they're actually trying to solve a problem. I would, if I was Tandy, I would have suggested, okay, how do we find a middle ground where we can both put an end to this problem? Yeah, but uh, this is what they're doing. And there's going to be a lot of mudslinging like this and opportunism by yes, political parties. That's too. For damn sure. We know that the Patriotic Alliance are doing this because they think it's going to score them votes. Mm, Otherwise, they true. wouldn't bother with this. And we know that the ANC is refuting their uh, involvement in, in any which way because they're saying you don't have the authority to do it because they mm-hmm. want to make them look stupid before the elections. Everything's going to be about the elections this year. So expect some ugliness. Here's Gaten McKenzie's response to her response. <laughs> I'm part again of the night shift team. We've got hundreds of people on this border. There's no one here mm-hmm. from the border management authority. We don't see soldiers here. There's mm. no one here. Our country is naked. Forget politics for a second. Tonight I want to make a call on the president of our country, His Excellency Cyril Ramaphosa. Let's forget politics for a second. We have a problem. People were literally standing there with boxes and boxes trying to bring that into South Africa. We didn't know what was in there. That's why we decided we're not leaving. People are, might bring in guns. People might bring in contraband. People might bring in di- dynamite for all that we know. So we are asking of you. There are people that are getting paid big money to guard our borders. They are not here. They are sleeping. All right. Well, I think he makes some uh, valid points, and it's a it's a powerful argument. Huh? It is. You can't really say, well, you know, it's better for him to just step off. He does say, leave politics alone for a minute. Like, no, we know what you're you, doing. The, yeah, come on. But, but like, I'd rather have people drawing attention to the incompetence definitely. of the government, making them look silly, mm-hmm. saying they're going to step in where the government can't. Otherwise, what else are we left with? A bunch and, of we just sit with we sit on our hands and wait for the election. And truth be told, someone needs to take some accountability. And if it falls on Gaten McKenzie in this case to mm-hmm. call out what needs to be called out, I you know, more power to him. I I was just <laughs> I was taken aback by that reflector. <laughs> it's 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 unbelievably bright. Like mm. even just looking at it off the screen was tough. By the way, I got an email yesterday because it it says on his jacket on that reflective jacket yeah. that you mentioned, which you I mean I don't know blinded me a little bit. Yeah, it jumped out but, of the screen. Um, it says on his jacket, President Gayton, right? Ah, oh. no, but but they're all calling themselves this. Yes, well, not all of them. CIC, not all of them. But because this. I got an email yesterday from who even knew they were still going, but Cope. 
wow. sent me an email yesterday from President Lakota. And I was like, I'm pretty sure we have only one president in this country, mm-hmm. and it's the president of the country. Yep. You may be president of the ANC or of a company, but you don't call yourself president. President, yeah. That's you don't put the, that in front of your title. It's like so in front weird. Of your name. And and you know how some people say speak things into existence. I'm sorry, Mr. Lokota, it's not going to happen. That no. one is just not going to happen. You won't be able to cope with it. I'm sorry. Well, Mo Rabbit says, and this is to our point: uh, private security, private schooling, private medical care, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We already do government's work. True. And just another duty of the state, says JHR, that the citizens will have to do because the state won't or can't. Even the court is siding with the citizens on this one. Mm. And as somebody also said in the comments, uh, if the government really gave a damn, why aren't they there to arrest Gaten? As propaganda says, take that minister. That is a very, very good question. Yeah. It's you, a very good question. Yeah. Because they're not there. They are not there. Right. So it doesn't come from, you can criticize him and say he's a political opportunist and all those things. It would be true. Mm-hmm. But it still doesn't make the argument for the minister of defense. Yeah that the defense force is not there. Mm-hmm. All if, right. Like if someone else had done it, we would have focused on the issue at hand. But because it's Gaten, we are thinking, ah, it's pandering, it's political water. But at the end of the day, he's pointing out something very important. There's a constituency for what he's talking about. Very true. Uh, all right, Jack, you thought that was stupid, uh, and it may be or it may not be. It may just be uh, another case of how easy it is to show up the government. But here is the Secretary General of the ANC. Ah, oh, here we go. Figil Balula, who only opens his mouth to change feet and cannot help himself but to inadvertently blurt out things and then have to do damage control afterwards. He's come under enormous fire on social media for this in the last day and a half. Mm-hmm. We didn't even get to it yesterday because we, we didn't even get to the news yesterday. And I wanted to save it for this morning. So first I'll play you the clip, then you give me your thoughts. Okay, here we are. Mm. In defense of our president, we went to parliament and opened an ad hoc committee and said uh, a swimming pool is a fire pool. We are going to swim in pool, they that. Say, change a pool. U minister, U minister of police, Ebi Leko, Penga Selanga, Kuala, Ubona Guti, Lento, Bukok, Gunzimu, explain Bukok, People have lost their careers because of that thing. Yaya constitutional court. Yat is a voter in two, two weeks' time. Wabu Yum Huen Muhuen, get judgment, Enjan. What better president where to what is not fit for office? Samia Mezel. And a lot of Aichuang and Dimukut is not fit for office. Yai Palwe Panzi. He caught judgment. He like Chomi Akum Huem Huen Yamona. He chomi Gugu. All right. Well, I don't know if you even meant to say this. I don't know if we were meant to hear it. But if you don't know what the context is, he's mm. busy unloading. Because Jacob Zuma has now clearly turned his back on the ANC. Mm-hmm. He's launched this MK party or has been persuaded to be the front man for it. Which certainly. is another sideshow in my opinion. Well, certainly he's pledged his support to it. And I think it's awesome. I mean, I'm even thinking of giving them money just because they're going to be a thorn in the ANC side. And that to me is entertaining. That would be fun to watch, that's right, for sure. Purely, mm. purely entertainment, mm-hmm. that's what it is. However, uh, I think it's worth discussing yeah. that he, he reveals here 
that when the ANC went to war for Zuma mm. to protect him in the Nkandla scandal, yes, and they made up that stuff about the fire pool, which he's just admitted. That is a swimming pool. Right? Yep. He's just admitted, we went to court to defend you. We even came up with this fire pool argument to protect you. Mm. We did everything we could, Mr. President, to protect you. Those are his words. Mm. You, sh- this is telling us what we already know, but it's basically admitting that they were a bunch of cronies. There you go. For the president at the time. Mm. Now that he's not ANC, now, now, they're, prepared to, now they're prepared to tell the, the country like, the truth. How so could you do that? Lie to the country, lie to the taxpayers, lie to the people mm. who have been disadvantaged by your lies and whose, whose lives have not been improved despite the fact that there was money set aside to improve their lives. Mm-hmm. Rather spend that money on your president and keep that lie going as long as you have to. But when he turns on you, then suddenly you'll reveal, because he and you don't have the relationship anymore, yep. what you were doing to the rest of us. It's like when, uh, you know, these uh, American drug dealers that stand on the corner and mm-hmm. sell Coke and all of this stuff. So mm-hmm. if you can imagine two of them sitting on, uh, standing on the corner and they were doing all of these things for a couple of years, and then one of them gets a record deal and decides to go make music somewhere. And... <laughs> At some point, the one with the record deal decides, you know what, man? I actually don't mess with this Coke stuff anymore. Like, mm. you know, drug dealers are terrible. And you don't sell hang out, out, you sell you know out I mean? your friend. Right? Yeah. And then the one that's stuck on the corner goes on to some radio show on some TV. He's like, hey, don't trust that guy. Yeah. He and I used right. to sell crack together. Right. It's like, hey, excuse me, you still broke the law, the mm-hmm. both of you. Like, We want some jail time. That's wh- what we want. What is going on with this snitching? How do you snitch on yourself in front of people? And I think the most telling part in that clip was when he points out that he himself did not um, call the president a, a, I think he said, Mohueng Mohueng said something about the president at some point. And he said, I didn't say that though at the time, but still so in other what words, he's doing is wrong. It's in like, other words, we can't trust you. Basically, you're a At hypocrite. All. Yeah. Like no. you're you're calling this man out, but in the same breath, you're pointing out the fact that you are still afraid of him. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. What was what was the point of you speaking in the first place? Is in I, I I'm not even sure that there was any thought process behind no. this. And they gave him a microphone, they're like, okay, just go. Well, also, you know, there's no depth to which they won't sink in an election year in order to rubbish their enemies. And he's clearly now in the enemy camp, the former president. Mm. And I think it's pretty telling uh, that... See, when you're in the ANC, sorry, when you're in the ANC, you can get away with anything and they'll back you because they all know, they all have dirt on each other, small onion skeletons, Skeletons, right? Yeah. Which, uh, what was it? Uh, Batabile. Batabile Tlamini. Yes. And for me, it's also insulting to the South African public because it's like... Oh, no, we're we, so we, stupid, hey, but we we're also, so we, gullible. We factor way later. Way later, we're, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're like not even in the top 10 priorities of Fikile Balula and the rest of the ANC. Not at all. They don't care about you at all. If at you all. Think and yet people will still vote for them. There's still people who will. They, true. And, and I mean, you saw those women in the crowd there listening to him and that one dude who was mm-hmm. like, those guys are like, they're in it, hook, line, and sinker. And you know what? It's, it's so unfortunate because I think they play on South Africa's historical, uh, you know, the way we we got to where we are right now. Unfortunately, 
as long as they can still drum up that kind of hysteria, there's not much we're going to be able to do, which is why I find it extremely, extremely important that people vote this year. And look, man, I'll be the first to say, look, vote your conscience. But if you vote, your your conscience says vote ANC, your conscience is wrong at all, at all. At all, at all, at all, at all, at all. Right, let's just give him another chance. That one we are not going to tolerate at all. At all. At all. At all. I've said... Um, there are some very good comments here. So Yonda says, uh, that granny-looking Mampara has delusions of grandeur. <laughs> Not delusions. He actually has been very important. He's been a minister like three times over. I didn't like him as the minister of sports, though. I, I was telling Ryan earlier on. That did you he, like him as any kind of minister? No, no, no. Not at all. But he particularly pissed me off uh, in the 2015 Cricket World Cup when he decided to enforce the quota and Cal Abbott, who was our best bowler at that point in time, got removed from the squad and New Zealand beat us. I'm I, still I not happy about it, that. It's amazing what like uh, will piss off some people. I, I was driving, well, I didn't drive at all in Cape Town, but I caught a lot of Ubers. I don't know if it's because maybe they recognized me or not, but there are a lot of South Africans who are driving Ubers, not just Zimbabweans and, you know, of Mozambicans. Course. So yeah. a lot of them are voting in this election. They can't start, They can't wait to start telling me how pissed off they are with the government. When mm. I don't think it's just me because other people I know have had the same. You get into an Uber, what are you going to talk about? I What's mean, the most obvious thing to start talking about? Yep. And remember, Uber drivers have a particularly uh, difficult job because they've also been preyed upon by the taxis and the taxi mafia and, yep. the, and, the, and, the, and the corruption and the criminal element of the taxi business in South Africa. So they can't even do their job Honestly, like they would in other countries. Now, you may or may not have problems with Uber, and that's an entirely different discussion. But these guys, often, I will select, you know, prefer no conversation sometimes, Mm -hmm. but they can't help it. They want to talk. Yeah. And not one of them, and I don't believe they're just saying it to try and impress me because they don't know what I'm going to vote and they don't know what my political positioning is. For sure. And. They can't wait to stop start complaining about this government. Mm. And uh, there's this. It's it's just so easy to complain about them. It's easy to point out some of the, like the ridiculous things that you know this government has done. Like Bree Street, still, still. And this thing happened what, what six months ago? Oh, what a mess! Like, I mean, it's madness. So Johannesburg. Okay, can I can I just throw this in quickly because. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've never been a big fan of the uh, Premier of the Western Cape, Alan Windy. I still haven't ever met him. I've never had a conversation with him, so I yeah. don't really know. But I never liked him because of his lockdown uh, nonsense. Policies. Yeah, yeah. So he was yeah he was very pro lockdown, very into like government telling you what to do. And I thought, ugh, not my kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was talking to some people in Cape Town who persuaded me to give him a second chance. But I will say this: that place looks amazing, works properly. Mm. If the streets are clean. It is a place where people clearly have self-respect. The government respects the people. Not everywhere, because everywhere you're never going to get. There's no perfection. There's no such, like, yeah. There's no country or city in the world that is perfect. Definitely. And we were talking earlier about semigration and economic uh, refugees, refugees and the yeah. rest of it. But I've got to say, like, because there are a lot of people here in the comments who are asking about Cape Town, I haven't seen it as much as I have in the last month. And I don't think I saw it for the previous two years. I maybe went down there once yeah. in that two-year period. So I, I've been there three separate times in the last month. It's a lot. Yeah, that is. And 
I got to see a lot of different parts of Cape Town. And, you know, you get picked up at the airport or you drive from the airport and you immediately see the very harshest conditions in Cape Town. True. Squatter camps, people building shacks on sand dunes. Yeah. There's no public infrastructure because it's below sea level. Yeah. In some places. And you can't put pipes in the ground. They just kind of bubble up to the top. Yeah, and yeah. There's no way to make it better there. Those places are partly in- uninhabitable. True. But you see how, how absolutely squalid some people's living conditions are. Mm-hmm. And then as you get closer to the city itself, things start to improve. And then there are parts of the cities where you only have billionaires yeah. who live in like seaside mansions. And I have to say throughout, you see that there is a government who's actually trying to do things. You see houses, you see geezers, yeah. you see solar, yeah. you see toilets being erected, even in the poorest places. And in the in the better places, there's no litter on the streets. Mm. There's no like disgraceful piles of like trash, trash and, yeah. and, and, you know, like hypodermic needles lying around, potholes in every road. That's, that's Joburg. And you mentioned Bree Street, yeah. which made me think of it's it. It's like, like we, we don't, our CBD in Johannesburg is so revolting. It is unbelievably disgusting. And they've done like, nothing to fix it, despite that huge explosion, which we still haven't got an explanation for. We yeah, still don't still, know what it was. Still. Uh, despite Zama Zama's burrowing tunnels like a cheese right mm-hmm. under us every other day. Yep. Uh, we just, we don't have electricity or water. We have potholes everywhere. It's a disaster. It is. And Cape Town is just arguably, if you were an alien and you landed, you'd know that was run better. They actually did a, a list. I saw a list not so long ago. Let me see if I can find it on my phone. So they did a list of um, the best cities to live in mm. on the African continent. Oh, yeah. And here we go. So at number one, uh, with on the quality of life index with mm-hmm. a... 148.3, that's Cape Town. Okay. And then my favorite city in this country, Pretoria, is second. Okay. With 138.0. Well, uh, what do those two have in common? Hmm. Hmm. Let's think about it. I mean, Pretoria CBD is pretty disgusting at the moment as well and has been for a long time. It's I, been degraded. It has, has, I think. But, but you know, uh, there's, I think the the most revolting part of Pretoria CBD is Maravastad without even thinking about it. That's just that all, it's always been like, that's always been like that. But I'm talking about like church square, the courts. And there's literally like people like shitting on the side of the street there. And you, know, and, it's, and, and, and you can't blame government for that. You can't. Definitely. That's not, that's not the ANC national government. That's not the DA's mayor. No. It's not. That is just people who just have no dignity because they live in absolute squalor because I think to a large degree, there aren't opportunities for them. True. But also because they don't know how to behave. They just. But you know what? They, like, they, are, they are living in their own filth and they, they, they clearly have no self-respect. And the, the situation is so desperate for them that they've given up. You know, sometimes I, I, I find it hard to fall on one side of this argument. It's like, look, you're either going to make opportunities for yourself mm-hmm. in some shape or form, like you're either going to come up with an idea that fills a certain gap or you're just going to continue living in squalor. Like I'm, yeah. I'm of the opinion yeah. that, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people, you know, tie your bootstraps and get, get to work. There's always opportunities uh, surrounding us. It's, it just depends on your outlook. And 
Yeah. You know, but anyway, Pretoria well, is my. I, I look, love Pretoria. Uh, for all we know, there could be uh, just a, a massive problem because there are a lot of people with mental health issues too. There's, there's that, a lot of that, that is true. We don't have the capacity to look after those people too. That so, is very true. Uh, and and the homeless people are a problem in Cape Town too. It's worth making that point. Onkhoponse does too. Mm-hmm. CBD in Cape Town is dope, but needs to uh, get the homeless people sorted out. Well, it's a problem all over the world, so we can't just say it's a South African thing. Mm-hmm. And that's where we have to be brave enough to look in the mirror and figure out what social ills that are not the government's fault, yeah. but that might be helped by a better government True, can be dealt with. Yeah, I mean, just something as simple as cleanliness. Like there's yeah, absolutely abs- no absolutely. reason for you to litter. No, like I know, I know people who don't have a lot of money. They don't live in, in any kind of excess. They have, they have very, very tight financial strain. Mm. Uh, they have very little money. They have very little options, very little resource, but they are clean and they have self-respect and they are yep. dignified. Even in the depths of apartheid, there were people who had every reason to just give up. Yep. And they didn't. And they didn't. And they, they stood up. They went magazen pompin every day. But still. Sorted themselves, got dressed, looked smarter than their boss at there work. There you go. Even though their outfits were would cost a fraction of their boss's outfit. In terms look, of cash, look, but they would look immaculate. Yeah, yeah. And it 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 Doesn't just take money to do that. For me, it it's it it goes to show just how phenomenal the human spirit can be. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine having to live under the apartheid regime, but still somehow make joyous music and by write way, poems? By the way, I think we've left a big component out of this whole discussion around CBDs, which mm-hmm. we've got into inadvertently. Yeah, drugs. We've, yeah. left a, we've left a huge piece of the pie out here, and I think it's way bigger a problem all across South Africa than people are willing to acknowledge. There are millions, potentially, who are on the brink because the drugs are the only thing that it's, they can it's do. It's the only form of escapism that they can possibly find. To escape the misery of their own lives. Yep. So that's and, and I mean, it's it's... Who are we to say, yo, don't do drugs and if, you if are, we are not in a position to change on, their if, circumstances? If you're on tick or you're on meth, you don't care where you shit, what you eat, yeah, where you, you lie, what you sleep under, what yep. kind of clothes you're wearing, what your day-to-day thing. You don't care because no, you're, you you're a zombie, basically. You, yep. You are going from your one hit to the next. That's that's all it is. Well, and, and, then, and then again, this does implicate government because drugs are controlled by politicians and the saps. It's big businesses, slippery pickle. Well, also, there are untoward criminal elements in this country who are thriving because there is a breakdown in the criminal justice system. It, it actually points to the culture that we have in this country. Like, um, whenever you bump into a metro police officer or a saps officer, it's not, I'm going to enforce the law. It's like, okay, let's negotiate. What are yeah, we doing? right. How how do you but, how do we quickly but, solve but, this problem? But that comes after you decide as a as an individual, even when no one is looking, whether you're going to drop your packet on the floor mm-hmm. or whether you're going to go to the nearest rubbish bin. Because they're go. all over. It's not that difficult. I've never thrown shit out of my car. I've never just thrown a packet or a wrapper or whatever on the sidewalk. I've never done that. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have. Okay, truthfully, I've done it maybe one or two times, a couple of times. Son of a bitch. You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know, it, 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 but for the most part, I do try to There's go, no reason to not make to. Sure, yeah, I mean, like, honestly speaking. Even if no one sees. If, if we were to treat our country the way we treat our homes, be better. I, we'd be much better off. 
unless unless you just hoi things all over the floor at your house and you live in a pigsty. Oh, there are people like that. Yes, they are. They really are. What's so, that show, Hoarders? Well, that, forget that about hoarders. Like, oh. If you watch any show about South Africa where you get into people's houses, you suddenly see people's houses actually with your own eyes and you're like, whoa. Hectic. I could not live in that. Hectic. And just just, Hectic. Dis, just disorder, chaos. People. Some people seem to be able to handle chaos. I, I can't. All right, so uh, Flex agrees drugs are a massive thing. Oh, snap. Shout out to Flex. That's that's one of my boys out there. Okay, yeah. Mm. And he's laughing about me saying Magez and Pompin. I know some stuff. I'm, yeah, you uh, do. <laughs> Hmm. Bronwyn says there are many factors but simply put it's a top down problem governments are liars and thieves it trickles down from there they must be held accountable yeah we're not exonerating them but there are also all kinds of things in society that we can change and that are our responsibility definitely government can't get into your house and make you put your washing in the basket no they can't get into your house and stop you from hitting your wife they can't do those things they can't so those are things we need to look in the mirror and sort out ourselves. Yep. Like even when I hear, um, you know, issues with the township economy, how mm. spaza shops are now run by foreign nationals. And I'm mm-hmm. like, guys, these people are in your yards. They give you the rent money. It's not like they came here and, and invented spaza shops. Right. You can't hate had... them. You can't hate them because they're successful. Yeah. Like just because they're kicking your ass at this game. I mean, yeah. and as well, it's really simple. The way that they multiplied is the same way they'll disappear if you stop giving them your money. The only reason they multiplied is because you chose to use that puzzle shop. Yeah. You get what I mean? Yeah. It, I mean, right. men exactly. like Richard Maponya became who they are because yeah. they worked within the community that they lived with and everyone and contributed. When, when, and when all the rules were against him. Can you, 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 that's what, I mean, ugh. It's it's it it blows my mind. So again, don't sit there complaining about everything if you if you aren't prepared to make changes in your own life. Genuinely, I mean, it's a brand new year. There's no excuse. There so let's just move on to some other things here because we've got yeah. a couple of things I want to ask you about, uh, and some things I need to tell you about. So we are not doing any live show on a Wednesday anymore. We're changing quite a lot this year, and you'll you'll see what all of these things are as we get stuck into them. Yep. But we've got uh, an amazing interview. So what we're going to do on Wednesdays is usually. I'm going to do a big interview every week, and it could be someone who is, uh, you know, a public intellectual. It could be someone who is a well-known person who has an interesting insight in a certain issue. It could be someone overseas who we feel has uh, a really great point of view that we yeah. want to listen to and, and, and get into. So that's going to be a lot more in-depth, in and we're not doing a live Wednesday show anymore. Mm-hmm. The exciting thing about this week, to kick it off, and I have seldom met, and you met her yesterday. Oh, my God. This woman fell in love with you. Well, oh, well, and I fell in love with her too. Well, she flirted with you and you fell her yeah, just, oh I have goodness. a feeling she's done this before because yes. she's an expert at it. So we had someone in here called Francesca Emerson. Mm. She was one of the first black Playboy bunnies. In fact, she was one of the first Playboy bunnies full stop in New York in the 60s. Yep. She was there in the first year of the Playboy Club. Can you imagine? Now, First of all, the 60s, what a time in New York. Mm. Second of all, a beautiful black woman at that time taking on this job. Oof. She has the confidence of a thousand men. Yes, she does. And she walked in here. She's now 82 years old. Jack. I didn't believe that. I still don't believe that. She's phenomenal. She has stories that will make your eyes pop out of your head and your ears blow up. Mm-hmm. Um, I spoke to her for a, 
a little while yesterday. We've got the recording. You'll hear it yourself tomorrow on this show. So don't miss it. Make a note. Yep. Or set your alarm, whatever you have to do. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It'll be on there as well. If you haven't already, yep. just like and subscribe. And you can get to hear about the chocolate bunny. That's what she called herself. You'll find out how she got that name. And it's her tell-all autobiography, which exposes the amazing world of Between the Sheets Hollywood. Mm-hmm. She holds nothing back. She exposes everything and everybody. Yep. And easily one of the best people that you could possibly start the year with. Because and she's drop-dead gorgeous. Even at 82, right? It's crazy. Yeah. It's and absolutely you, you, insane. How many people you say that about? And you'll see for yourself. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm, so. I'm, I was just happy to be here yesterday so I could have met. Oh, my, she's amazing. Right. So she don't miss amazing. this. Don't miss this tomorrow. Um, also, we've got to talk a little bit about uh, an Apple payout over claims that it deliberately slowed down iPhones, which turn out to be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NPA budget and how it's insufficient deal- to deal with corruption. That's according to the Minister of Justice. We'll talk about that too. Uh, people who found a door plug and two cell phones that got sucked out of a plane. And one of them is an iPhone, and it still works, even though it was sucked out, out of, of a plane, plane in midair. So some interesting things. I mean, that shows you if you have the right uh, cell phone cover on, mm-hmm. <laughs> you you're good to, to go. Yep. Plus, Democracy 101 in the next hour of the show, so stick around for that. What's on your agenda, though? What do you want to talk about? Uh, so when I was a kid uh, in primary it's school. It's only like four years ago. Yeah. Not too long ago. Um, you can Jack tell I'm not, the, that immature. No, I'm not that immature. I'm not that mature. Tell everybody your age because I'm making fun of the fact that you look younger than you actually. I'm actually 34. 34? Uh, yeah, turning 35 on the not, 4th of June. Yeah. You would not be allowed in the youth league anymore. Yes. Uh, in fact, I'm done with it. I'm all right. Thank you. Uh, so as a kid, like we, whenever I'd have to get school uniform at the beginning of the year, yeah. there was one store that we'd go to. It was across the street from my school. Um, so I went to Kep's and, mm-hmm. and then Cares. There's a, there's a shop across the street called uh, uh, McLaughlin and Boffle. Mm. And that's where we would have to go and get our school uniform. You have and to try them on, get the right size, all that stuff. So as it turns out, uh, shops, in fact, schools and shops that do that are breaking the law. How so? The Competition Commission... Uh, I think that's what they called. Yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. Uh, so what they're pointing out is if your school demands that you get uh, your school uniform from one particular store, it removes your options. You do not have a choice. You're going to have to be forced to go to that particular store. And apparently that is against the law. As a consumer, you need to be given I've got a th- choice. I've got to think about how I feel about this because mm-hmm. – I would say I'm on the side of the competition commission. Same here. I would say I'm on their side because I'm a free market capitalist. Yep. So whoever can sell you the uniform cheapest, you should go to them. With, uh, you, with, with, with the correct quality, though. You're sure, but you yeah. should never be compelled. I mean, you can decide that once. You have the right to walk in, see the merchandise, feel it with your hands, decide yep. this is what you want or not, look at the price, mm-hmm. and go, I'm willing to pay that or I'm not. Yep. Walk in or out, and there should be other options for you. So I think I'm on the competition commission side on this one. Uh, I don't think anyone should compel anyone to have to use some service. That's how we got into the ESCOM situation. There you go. Because we don't have options. Mm. If there were more than one national power producer, if there were more than one power producer at all, and there hopefully soon will be, 
you'd be able to you'd make your own choice. Choices. So if you wanted a slightly more expensive product, but you wanted reliability, mm-hmm. you must Coca. There you go. Right. If you wanted something cheaper, but it's not reliable, and you're prepared to pay less and deal with the, inter- then you pay for then that. Then that's up to you. In right. fact, the choice should be left to you. Correct. It's your money. Correct. So according to the article that I found, um, one of the ladies said, uh, unless every school enlists multiple suppliers of uniforms, parents will continue to suffer the consequences of the unfair trend, which makes absolute sense to me. Right. And by the way, I just want to say whatever that store was that you mentioned, I I don't have any problem with them. Not at all. But you can't, as a store, force the school to make you the sole supplier and you can't, as a school, make the store school. your sole supplier. There you go. And the only people caught in the middle are parents who have to pay whatever the price fixing is. that they can do as a result of that might be. And let's also consider that we don't all come from the same uh, from the same background. We don't have access to the no, same sure. things. There's some. We kids, don't have the same money. We for don't. God's sake. So some kids are in these schools as a result of scholarships and bursaries, yep. and you are now forcing them to pay four, five hundred rand oh, for Tracy something they says, can find a uh, lot cheaper. Tracy says, I recently had to purchase my son's first high school uniform. Yep. Usual stuff, blazer, couple of shirts, the school emblem on, gray socks, school shoes, shorts, etc. Came to 5,700 rand. rand. That's crazy. That is crazy. Oh, my God. And she didn't mention... Uh, wow. Stationary, mind you. No, that's that's a whole other thing. That's a whole uh, other ballgame. That's still part, and they give you a list. Mm-hmm. And you have to get all the stuff on the list. I mean, I've got nephews who are in primary school still, and I didn't ask my brother what the bill is, but I'll find out. And then they tell you, you need these pencils, you need that. that. Okay. I mean, it's... These schools are taking the piss. It's crazy. And because even if even if you can afford it, it's gouging. It is. A friend of mine had to buy four reams of Typex paper, but it wasn't for his daughter. It was for the school. And I'm like, "But why?" Sorry. I'm sure that these schools can get their own paper. Yeah, well they say it's a it generous be- donation to the school. It's like, "Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> Uh, I and pay then school when they fees. go and they go on a school trip, that's more so money. That's more money. Uh, then they do extramural activities. That's more, more money. money. Uh, listen, I don't have kids, and the more I think about it, it's just it is a way for peop- other people to leverage money out of you as a parent. Definitely. And the schools have got to look themselves in the mirror. Just like I said, we have to mm-hmm. a moment ago because yep. a lot of the social ills and the problems in society are our doing. Uh, yep. And the schools have got to look at that, and they've got to figure out. Whether or not they are taking advantage of parents. And of course, then parents are placed under extra pressure because if all the other parents except you mm-hmm. are going along with this essentially madness, the, yeah. No, but this, uh, what would you call it? extortion? Yeah, it's fleecing, yeah. It's fleecing, it's extortion. Mm-hmm. If the other parents all go, well, you know, it's the right thing to do, and you're the only parent who doesn't, you're the bad guy. You're the bad guy. Because you're standing up to these people who are trying mm-hmm. to get hold of your money that they're not entitled to. Increasingly trying to get more of your money. Yeah, that's it's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Mapelo says, we were never forced at my former school. They only suggested that we buy from a specific store, which had very ugly, expensive uniforms. I never used that shop. My uniform last longer, lasted longer. You Good. Know, that's a suggestion. That Good. makes sense. Yeah, but you can't force people. You can't force people. Carl says, my wife bought our daughter's stationery yesterday. 6,000 rand, oh Carl. Oh, my God. Jesus. Oh, my God. 
The most ridiculous part of that is that they force you to buy four of everything, four rulers, four yes. pairs of scissors, etc. Why? It's like, and I, I, I always and, remember. And just by the way, he says that's a government school. That is insane. I remember, I mean, in primary and in high school, at the end of the year, I always had excess things like that I didn't use the entire year. My business partner, Rena, says to me half the time that the stuff I bought stationary for us for the business mm-hmm. when we started in 2014. Yep. That was 10 still, years ago, by She the still way. hasn't used half of it. Can you imagine? So I like having uh, 10 of every pen and all that kind of thing, but but I'm... That's my decision. Yeah, that's that's right? a personal preference. If you're forcing parents to buy all this stuff and wasting their money for them, who has extra money lying around? No one in Nobody. South Africa. Nobody. School tuck shops have been cashless way before Woolies. No riots there, says uh, Tracy. What? School tuck shops? Are, which school is this? We didn't have cashless. No, we, we hell had, no. We had cash only. We had cash only. We like didn't have that's credit cards or none Apple of Pay. None if you of didn't that. have money, you didn't get your You lunch. didn't get nothing. Right. I remember a couple of days at school, and I mean, it's not like a hard luck story because I'm sure this happens to lots of people. Mm. But there are a few days where you'd either lose your money yep. or you didn't have any. My parents never gave me pocket money, so I never got that. So it was like some weeks you'd be like lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and some weeks you were not. Yeah. But sometimes I'd look at those lines and go, oh, what I wouldn't do for like two or three rand. Right oh, now. my God. Right? So my dad, my that. dad used to like. I'd get a lunchbox from Monday to Thursday, and then Friday I'd get a bit of cash. Mm-hmm. And I could not wait for Friday. Like it was like it. It seemed as if the tuck shop was this golden place that I could only visit once a week. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, it it there was something innocent and fun about that. Back yeah, in and those also days. it's good that you teach kids the value of money, but actual True. money because. If it's electronic money, they don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem real, does I know, it? I know adults who, including me, we use this and then we like tap and pay. And mm-hmm. you don't realize how much money you're spending. Definitely, it's ridiculous because it's so convenient and easy. Mm. But credit card machines in the tuck shops, according to producer Ryan. So yeah, I can expect that. Which means that the kids have credit cards, which is insane. Wow. And of course, I'm sure that there are also parents who've loaded their card on their kid's phone. I mean, Imagine that. You, like, don't, you don't have to worry about how much you have because you could spend, spend, spend. Who are these kids? Are they are they like just mini adults walking around here? Like what the hell? How do you give a child a credit card? That makes no sense to me. I'm, I guess I'm a bit too old school, but like that is madness. Yeah. Also, let's just have the conversation. It might not be the right time today about uniforms in the first place. I mean, I'm, I know it looks smart and everybody, if they're all wearing a uniform, mm. means that nobody has to be embarrassed about their economic status if everybody at the school has smart, smarter clothes than you do. But, I mean, you, you can tell, like, some people's uniforms weren't that great either. But at least you're wearing a uniform. Sure. You know, if someone wears the same clothes for three days of the week yeah, because they don't out. have a lot of money, yeah, that's horrible for them. True. And, it, and kids can be mean as hell. Mm. We know this. They're not nice. They're yeah. not good pure, innocent things. That no, they're not. They're looking for a handle on whatever they can get. <laughs> yeah. So I, I like the idea of uniforms for, for three reasons. First of all, there's that, that it at least allows everybody to feel part of something. Yeah. And they don't have to feel excluded because they don't necessarily have the best shoes or whatever it is because kids are hugely competitive on that front. 
bad enough when they do have like a civvies day or oh yeah you yeah, know yeah. and sure, there's some sure. schools in South Africa that don't have uniforms so they manage to navigate that mm-hmm. second reason is it does look smarter it makes the you know which school the kids from yeah so that you know the school kind of can enforce some manners and you know which school to go to if the kid at the shop is rude to you or whatever if you're one of those Karens who wants to complain about yeah, that stuff yeah, yeah. So there's that um, and and it's a sense of you know, kind of pride. I, the things I don't like about it, the idea that you are con- forcing everyone to conform mm. and turning them into good little soldiers. Yes, which robots. Like, little robots. Jip, 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 but there are arguments on both sides of this, and I, I, I don't know which. Uh, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a zealot for mm. either side. Mm. I, <laughs> you know, I somehow there should be some sort of a middle ground. Perhaps uh, two days out of the week, you put on the uniform. Uh, the other days you can show up in your civvies. And I, I find the more comfortable you are in what you're dressed in, the more it becomes a lot easier for you to get through the day and navigate your day. And you're going to have to do that as an adult anyway. There you go. You know, once you get out of school, what, do you think you're going to be running around in a uniform? Unless you're in the EFF or the army, no. There you go. You're not, you're not going to have to put on the same clothes every single day. It's not happening. Uh, no. So I think... Just like anything else in life, you need to strike a balance somehow where you are not excluding too many people and you're not just, you know, making people feel too uncomfortable. It's about mm-hmm. finding a way that you can just thread that needle. And then mm-hmm. from that point, everyone's good. Uh, Max Sony says, gee, uh, you guys are so right. This is crippling. And the freaking worst part of it is that they're freaking borrowing from me that they don't have children. Imagine if I did, I'd be dead. Oh my God! Wow, uh, no need for drama first yeah, thing that, in the that, morning. Wow, calm down. that took a dark turn. Yeah, it's calm like, down. Sh- woo, Doctor Doctor Robin says my kid got her first bank account a few months ago. It comes with a debit card which she can tap. That's not a bad thing. No one is stealing her tuck money. That's a good point, uh, and it's good to learn mm. about. Uh, it's good to learn about money early on. It is, but at the same time, it's also good to learn how to defend yourself. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps, good point. Your daughter needs to know how to stand up for herself. She needs to grow a spine and be uh, on some. Listen, you ain't touching my money. Yeah, yeah, and and then Snipe springs up. The um, government promise that they're going to give public school kids iPads. I mean, iPads, but Dololo. Public school kids really need some basic PC skills. Well. Uh, you know, the technological costs are also going up because then people want the best phone, they want the best iPad, they want mm-hmm. the best laptop. Uh, it's a whole. And now we're talking tens, if not hundreds of thousands of rands. Yeah. But I mean, like when you hear those kind of things, I actually didn't even know that the government promised iPads. Like just <laughs> from the moment they said it, I would, I would bullshit. Uh. At all, at all, at all. We at don't want none of it at all, at all, again. at all. Right. That one we are not going to tolerate at all. <laughs> at, at all. At all. I've said, I've said. <laughs> what all is right. this? Uh, just a few other comments on this because I think it's a really interesting subject and it's definitely in focus this week. Uniform saved me from embarrassment, says Mapelo. Mm. I wore it even when not required on weekends because I had no drip. You see? I think I that's th- a very interesting point. True. Some people don't have good clothes, so that's yeah. what you got. You know, it's like people who wear their Sunday best all week because definitely that's yeah. their best. That's, that's their all best. They got. That's their best. Yolanda says Europe's only private schools. Uh, Europe in Europe, only private schools have uniforms. Mm-hmm. It's so expensive to dress the children fashionably. I'm for uniform totally. The children look neat. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 points to be made on either side of this argument. Yeah. I'm I, I'm just saying, let's find a balance. Let's find a way 
to make sure that the kids look neat and all and presentable, but at the same time, let they be, let they be, let them be comfortable, and let uh, them make their way through the day. Yeah, uh, again, just very relieved that I'm not a parent who has to worry about this stuff at the beginning of the year. It must add, add enormous financial strain. Mm. It must add enormous, um, just difficult decision making to what is already a tough time of year. For most people, January is just the absolute worst. It so if, you, if you're gritting your teeth and just trying to survive this month, we're thinking of you. Yes, Someone, I'm, someone's I'm, someone's I'm, thinking of you this morning. It's us. Yeah, well, speak for yourself. I, I'm trying. I, I'm. I'm here to remind you that those d- December purchases are coming to bite your ass right now. Mm-hmm. You should have been a lot more careful in December. You know, mm-hmm. like sometimes we 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 give one another too much it's of a t- break. It's tough out there, man. It is tough. I I'm 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 included in that. I'm not blaming. I'm not trying to make it seem like Fuck. I'm better than other people. We all need to make better decisions about ourselves. We. I mean, every single year January comes around. And every single year we complain about the same things. Yeah. When are we going to change? We need to grow up on some level. Well, Tracy says they didn't call it January for nothing. Mm. Snipes wants to, wants to know why we we're dropping the Wednesday show. Um, it's so you know what the problem is here is that most podcasts, and I know we do a live show as well. Most podcasts do one show a week. Yeah, and we are producing ten hours of content a week up to now, and I feel. Like even the most hardcore fans, and I love anybody who's coming to listen to 10 hours a week. Mm. Like Slippery Pickle. He's, uh, he's amazing. Yeah. Any, anybody in the comment section, there are plenty of people who are not Tons. in the comment section who are, are, are big fans of the show. They listened from day one and they've, they've been massive supporters. And I, I appreciate that so much. But, True. you know, it's supply and demand. Sometimes you also have to, in order to produce better quality supply, you have to restrict that supply so mm. that you can – I feel like a lot of the stuff, um, it's not horrible. It sometimes isn't brilliant, and I would prefer it to be less but better. There you go. Than more but worse. That makes sense. Um, and then you know every time you download something, you're going to be getting some quality. Quality, yeah. So we're tidying up. We're, we're just doing a bit of housekeeping, mm. and we'll figure it out. I mean, if, if there's enough of a desire and there's enough of a gap, we may – bring it back we may change the way we do things mm-hmm. you know it's it's difficult because you're, you're playing in an uncharted sea here definitely you don't really know where you when we started this almost 10 years ago it'll be our 10th birthday in may mm. a lot of people in this country didn't know what a podcast was yeah and now most of our listeners are podcast listeners they don't listen live they don't watch on youtube they yeah. download the podcast and listen when it suits them yep. which makes sense but when we started it nobody knew this you were there at the beginning yeah. you had a show right from the start in cliff central do you remember back in those days they were like oh that we checked radio station yeah you like, remember oh, yeah seriously that's what they called it because they didn't know what it was there you go and you know it just goes to show sometimes you can be a, ahead of the curve and once people catch up they'll start using what you're putting out to its you know, fullest potential. And it, it's, it's about adapting, right? You either adapt or die. Yeah. So yeah, correct. within the scope of what we're trying to do over here, it just makes a lot more sense to tighten up the content and put it out in a certain way that people will enjoy. 
And uh, Jack's going to be starting his own show this year, which is going to be uh, focused on those middle children, as yes. he calls them. The middle yes. children who are stuck between the Gen Xs and the Gen Zs. There you go. And, and I know for sure we've got a lot of shit on our chest. And we need to <laughs> release. We need to let go. Well, that's what we're here for. <clears throat> Good. Um I was at the casino, says John Bad Dog, and I saw some sad cases. That is the worst addiction. Mm. Wow. Uh, you know, I That's I'm a so ball? glad I'm so glad I don't have a gambling problem. I'm so glad I don't like gambling or care about gambling at all. Yeah. I think it must be such a difficult addiction to beat. Yeah, it is. And it, it you know, I used to be an MC at um at the Carousel Casino in Hammerskrau. Yeah, I remember that casino. We used to go there. And we you know, the it it was such a difficult place to navigate from <laughs> an emotional perspective because you'll bump into one person who loses 20k, but it's okay. It's just a Tuesday. And then you bump into someone who lost 200 rand and they literally don't know what they're going to eat that night. Those two people in the same room, horrible. sitting next to one another, it's tough. Yeah, no, it's it's a uh, it's horrible. And another thing that's horrible is having a birthday in January. Bronwyn says, "My <laughs> daughter and I share a birthday in January. It's not fun. Most birthdays barely get celebrated. Friends also can't join since they're broke and jolled out." Yeah, mm. uh, and and uh, I also feel for, pe- for people who have birthdays in December because you kind of get lost in the mix. In the mix, yeah. Definitely. I mean, the rest of the year, you know, I'm pretty fastidious about wishing people happy birthday if I know them. Mm-hmm. And I try to do that. I've got birthday reminders, but a lot of them I actually remember in my head. Yeah. So then I'll WhatsApp, send a voice note, whatever. But man, if you're in December. That is tough. You get lost in the noise. Yeah. Can you imagine if your birthday is like on one of the big, big holidays, <laughs> like like Christmas Eve or New Christmas? New Year's Eve. New, New Year's, Year's Day. Eve. Oh. oh. I don't know anyone cares, right? No one cares. Yeah. No one. Um, Snipe says, yeah, true. Most podcasts really do one a week and they hit big numbers. Well, that's also what I think. We've, we've, we've put a glut of stuff out there. I mean, there are, if you, if you feel like we haven't provided you with enough content, our library is hundreds of thousands of hours. Yeah, it is. I know I've done in excess of, 14,000 hours of just interviews just on, interviews. just since cliffcentral.com started. Yeah. So if you think that it's me being lazy, there's loads of stuff. Yep. So please, I mean, go and, go and dig it. I, I even saw Shame um, Bongen Ngema who died the other day. I interviewed mm. him a while ago. Yeah. That's in the library if you want to go and check it out. And I think that the, the one, one of the many interviews of yours that you did that actually, you know, put me on my backside was the interview <laughs> you did with Double HP. Oh my God. That one will go down in my mind as I one of that guy. Oh man. It's just, it's, it hasn't been the same without him. All right. It's seven o'clock. We got to take a break. When we come back, Democracy 101. Don't go anywhere, anybody. Anybody or everybody. Don't go anywhere. Yep. We will be back in just a moment. Cliffcentral.com, Tuesday morning. Cliffcentral.com.